0: Welcome to Let's Talk Fleet Risk, a podcast for those who manage drivers and their vehicles and want to reduce road risk in their organisation. I'm Simon Turner and I'm the campaign manager for Driving for Better Business and I'm joined today by Mark Cartwright from Highways England. Mark was previously at the Freight Transport Association where he was head of vans and light commercial vehicles and was the brains behind the Van Excellence Programme. He now brings over 30 years of experience to Highways England as a head of their Commercial Vehicle Incident Prevention Team. In this podcast, I talk to Mark about the lack of awareness among some van drivers and operators about their obligations, and specifically around issues like overloading and vehicle maintenance. We discuss why some van operators seem to think the rules don't apply to them, and the various ways that both they and their drivers can get caught out. Then we talk about the new resources that Mark's team have developed in collaboration with Driving for Better Business to tackle driver wellbeing and driver communication challenges. And finally, we talk about the new Euro NCAP van safety ratings and why van operators should be demanding safer vehicles for their drivers. Hi Mark, welcome to the show. Hi Simon. Mark, you've obviously got years of experience with commercial vehicles. Perhaps we could start by just talking a little bit about your role with Highways England. So what, what does that entail and sort of where's your main focus at the moment?
1: Yeah, thanks, Simon. The, it, it's, it's an interesting role. Uh, I guess the job title, Head of Commercial Vehicle Incident and Prevention, really tells you all you need to know. It's a very much a, does what it says on a can kind of role. I guess in terms of our activities and our focus, uh, the team has always had quite a focus on heavy commercial vehicles, on trucks, and in particular, there their condition on the road, uh, the road within is, uh, the state of uh, their loading etc and we're keeping going with that because clearly that's an important, important area for us but we're moving more and more of a focus onto light commercial vehicles and as part and parcel of that is looking at how we influence the behaviours of drivers and their managers to be doing the right thing on the road.
0: There's obviously a huge amount more of more vans on the road um, than there are trucks so that seems like a uh, a sensible direction to take to focus more on the light uh, commercials uh, as well what, what are the main sort of problems you see with those?
1: Yeah right, it, 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 I mean just in terms of numbers there's around four and a half million vans on the road at the moment compared to probably somewhere in the region of 420,000 trucks so you know you don't need to think too long and hard to realise there's a, an area of activity there for us. Um, The work that we've been doing, I mean, I think, I guess the first thing to say is Highways England have got no enforcement powers. So we're very working with our colleagues in enforcement about trying to influence the behaviours of the drivers and managers I mentioned. But to be honest, most of the issues that we find are pretty straightforward stuff. So there's a degree of frustration that we find these issues, but I guess that's kind of... um, mirrored by uh, by uh, an understanding that with the right attitudes they're actually fairly easy things to fix so we see overloading uh, there's a, an ongoing uh, lack of awareness it seems that of the, the the capacity of light like commercial vehicles isn't down to just how much you can actually get on the back and there are weight limits involved uh, we see issues around the security of those loads which of course given what we do is a, is a big concern for us but we also see the, the kind of roadworthiness issues, which frankly ought to be being picked up by any kind of cursory pre use check of a vehicle uh, before we even get to it. So that tells me that by and large, there's, there's, a, there's quite a degree of, uh, of, a, of a lack of awareness within drivers and the operators as to the very basics of operating commercial vehicles. A statistic which is quite interesting, I'm sure many of the listeners will be aware of this, is that the, the first time MOT failure rate on vans is around just shy of 50%. So that's a vehicle which has been sent in to be checked over. Now most of the things that the, the, the these vans are failing their MOTs on are, are the kind of things I've mentioned. They're turning up for an MOT with dodgy tyres or with bulbs that aren't working, lights that aren't working, windscreen wipers, all that kind of stuff. And they're all The kind of things that ought to be picked up by, uh, you know, even the the most straightforward of pre-use checks on vehicles. So, again, I guess that kind of supports our view of this, but if if the vans aren't being checked the day before they're going in for their MOT, I'm pretty sure they ain't being checked on any of the other 364 days that are available to them. So, very frustrating, but the reality of it is if we can change, you know, change attitudes, it's pretty easy to fix. With vehicle checks then, do you think
0: is part of the problem people just not doing checks or are they just not doing them
1: often enough? I think there's two areas of it, to be honest. I mean, one, there's this lack of awareness that I speak about. And and to be honest, I don't. I think most of the time it is genuinely a lack of awareness. You know, we, we see vans being operated by businesses who are very health and safety conscious, very good at managing their health and safety in the primary areas. Of their business whether they be you know in the building trades civil engineers landscapers scaffolders you know whatever they're very good at managing the health and safety away from the vehicle but it doesn't necessarily seem to translate to the vehicle operation which again is is frustrating but it's something that you know we can address so i think there's a lack of an awareness in there the The other issue in the van space with with pre-use checks i think is, is 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 just the logistics of doing it um in the in the truck world uh, a piece of paper served perfectly well for, for many operators for many many years you know the driver ticks a form fills out the form hands it in at the gate or the traffic office or whatever and it's dealt with as it needs to be dealt with the the problem with vans or the issue with vans is a good 80 percent of them in our estimation live outside of somebody's house so it's all very well carrying out the check on a piece of paper for example but what happens to that piece of paper after so you know, we've become a big fan of pre-use defect checks apps over the, over the last couple of years because they, they literally get around that issue of delivering the report from where the vehicle is to the individual that can make the decision as to, as to what happens next.
0: With the main, with the main sort of reasons for MOT failures, I think one of the one of the biggest is typically wheel or tire related, isn't it, and brake related, which are obviously you know tires are obviously something that should be picked up on a pre de, pre use defect check. But when you link that with what you said previously about loading issues, that makes it doubly critical, doesn't it?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, I know it's probably a statement that are blindingly obvious, but, you know, you've got a, a truck running at 44 tonnes, it's got an awful lot more, I don't want to call it leeway, but it, it's got greater margins in terms of its operational capacity than a three and a half ton van, you know, a, an, a, an overload of, of a ton on a van or 500 kilo on a van is a big percentage of overload and he's going to put that equipment under a lot of strain. It, it's not that percentage-wise that bigger overload on a on a truck not that I'm condoning it at all but the mm. the margins of error are clearly significantly less on a light commercial vehicle
0: is it is it quite common for overloaded vans to get picked up I've got a DVSA way station I think near where near where I live and um, I, I see plenty of pictures on social media of uh, police roads policing units that have pulled in overloaded vans that have been well w- would be comically overloaded if it weren't so serious but you know is it is it common to presumably the police know what they're looking for and the DVSA know what they're looking for
1: absolutely I mean bear in mind that DVSA by and large are more concerned with the operator license classes of vehicles the trucks buses and coaches but they are turning more and more of their resource to the van space. Uh, police, absolutely. Both organisations have constraints in the, the level of resource they've put to it, but as we've identified with both of those uh, agencies, spotting an overloaded van actually isn't the hardest thing in the world to do, and their their strike rate, if I can call it that, when they're pulling vehicles in, is, 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 is high. Um, but it's the old issue, there's so many vans out there, I think weight issues are fairly endemic in the in the light commercial vehicle sector and, you know, it's down to operators and importantly, the people who are procuring the work from operators to to uh, ensure that, you know, everybody knows what's expected of them.
0: If a fleet operator's got a, um, uh, a fleet of vans and overloading isn't something that's occurred to them before, what's the... Um, what, what should they be looking to do, to A, to see if it's an issue, and B, if it is an issue, how do they go about dealing with it?
1: You need to be sensible, you need to understand what the weight of the vehicle is to start with, and you know, from an operator's point of view, please take into account a, a full fuel tank, and the, 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 the drivers and the crew are engaged in the vehicle, um, you know, so there fa- can be a fair amount of weight tucked into that before you even start with what's on the back of the vehicle and you know if you're not sure take it to the local waybridge get it checked out make sure that you understand what the weight of that vehicle is something that we see quite commonly is is in the what we call the doing van sector so vans that are being used by you know engineers and builders and gas fitters and all the rest of it to do their to do their jobs a mobile shed kind of uh, kind of van where the vehicle will come out of conversion you know weighing a smidge under 3500 kilo and by their nature drivers and these engineers tend to collect stuff and you know we see all kinds of stuff in there which maybe the operator isn't even aware of one of the things that i think is absolutely really good best practice aside from you know checking it out at the way bridges is for an operator just to take every opportunity that they can to stick their head in the back of of their guys vans and see what's in there you know um we've already mentioned an awful lot of vans are based at driver's premises at the driver's homes is just take the opportunity to have a look in the back of the van and make sure that you're comfortable with what you're seeing in there, not just from a weight issue but also from the security of the load issue again that's a, that's a parallel problem that we, we see an awful lot.
0: And we know that truck operators are covered by lots of regulations so they have operate, operator licences and they're, they're checked and regulated by the traffic commissioners and if, if they get caught doing stuff wrong they get pulled in front of a um, uh, you know they'll have to go to an inquiry with the traffic commissioners and there's, so there's a common misconception I guess that vans aren't subject to the, the same rules or, or indeed any rules at all
1: what what rules do apply to van operators? I think you, you've hit the nail on the head Simon there in terms of the, the, the common misconception because we come across an awful lot of van operators who frankly don't understand that there are regulations, I think the the best way I've ever seen that message got across is by a, a fairly senior police officer that we, we've done a load of work with in the past who uh, has, gets an audience together, we've supported him in a few events where he's, he's had van operators and truck operators and operators of both vans and trucks in, in a room and he, his party piece is to stay you know start the meeting by saying okay put your hand up in the air if you run vans so all of these hands go up in the air stick your hand up in the air if you run trucks and you know automatically people tend to take the van hand down it's no no please leave your van hand up put your other hand up in the air if you're running trucks so you end up with a, a bunch of people in the room with both hands stuck up in the air he'll then ask the question that those of you who are running vans and trucks how many of you are doing it to different different standards, different policies, different procedures. And every time I've seen him do this, the room will split into uh, into three groups. There's those who do run their vans and their trucks to the same kind of standards and, and processes. Uh, there'll be those who don't run them to the same standards and uh, will admit it and there's always a very fascinating group of those who do run them to different standards but there's no way they're going to admit it so those are the ones who are normally a little bit sweaty and avoiding eye contact Mm -hmm. what he'll then do is say okay those of you are running a different different ways is is why and every time I've seen this happen sooner or later somebody Mm -hmm. will break cover and say well it's because the law's different Paul which I you know I always think is quite a it's quite a brave thing to say to a senior police officer, you know, the law's different. Um, which is exactly what he's looking for because the reality of it is the law isn't any different. There's law and regulations covering drivers' hours in both vans and trucks, loading within vans and trucks, um roadworthiness, any, any issue that you want to look at, the law is pretty much the same, if not identical, in, in the in the van and the truck space. But you know maybe it's because people are confusing the law with operator licensing maybe it's because they're not seeing necessarily the level of enforcement at the side of the road but the bottom line is the, leg- the legislation is pretty much the same the other thing that you know again we're very keen to stress to operators of vans is particularly if they're running trucks as well is the traffic commissioners won't look particularly uh, kindly on a truck and a van operator but can't operate their vans to the right standard i've heard a Uh, an ex-senior traffic commissioner you know say directly to an operator van operator who was having some issues look if you can't run your vans properly i really don't see why i should trust you with a fleet of trucks and you know i think people do need to bear that in mind
0: yeah and the fact that you've got an operator license to run heavy goods vehicles if you are found to be doing something wrong with vans or even cars it can go against your good reputation for running the heavies as well can't it
1: oh absolutely and you know it is a risk to truck to hdv operating businesses the, the way that their vans are being run around the place and and something that you just mentioned there we see we, we we see quite regularly it's a different department it's a different person it's not necessarily somebody with the right qualifications the right kind of experiences running their van fleet it, it tends to be you know a job that does finds its way to wherever it, it, it finds its way to within an organization i think one of the things that we see in the van space quite regularly as well is the is what we used to call smilingly the the organically grown van fleet so it's the the local business a local entrepreneur that set themselves up as a as a gardener or a dog walker or a window uh, washer or, or window cleaner whatever it happens to be and got good at it and Five, 10 years down the line, they look out the window and there's 10, 20, 50 vans parked outside with a name written on the side of it in, in five foot high letters. But they haven't come through the same learning processes as, as, a, as a truck operator would do. And, you know, probably don't realise that one, they're running a fairly sizable fleet with all the costs and everything that go, goes with that. But also there's a significant reputational risk and a health and safety risk to that business. You know, I, I see that quite regularly, uh, I'm afraid.
0: Um, yeah, and and one of the things I've got to contend with now is there's a lot uh, a lot more interest from the enforcement authorities the police and the DVSA in in doing these kind of compliance stops where they're checking so a lot of those kind of businesses where they haven't had that learning and they're not quite they don't fully understand what's required uh, and what their responsibilities entail can quickly find that their drivers are getting stopped on a regular basis and possibly even the business disrupted because um, maybe the vehicles aren't allowed to continue for whatever reason and I know sort of you're involved in some of those. What, 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 what's your team doing to improve compliance and um, how, how do you work with, with the enforcement agencies to raise, stand, raise standards? What do, what do fleet operators need to know
1: about those kind of things? We, we work with enforcement agencies in, in a number of ways really I mean one is in terms of you know trying to provide them with some of the expertise that they may need to, to to be working in the commercial vehicle sector they are very keen to not just prosecute and enforce people but also to engage with operators particularly in the van space where you know an operator and a driver may not you know it's fairly clear but they may not actually know what's expected of them they're, you know they're not steaming in uh, with prosecutions and fixed penalty notices that genuinely isn't the the aim is all about improving the safety measures i guess the biggest highest profile thing that we we do with the enforcement agencies is operation tramline uh, which many of your listeners may have heard of this is where we uh, support the police with uh, uh, by lending them uh, one of our hdv cabs it's quite strange the the daily mail readers tend to tend to recognize this as our Undercover super cabs—they're not. They're just free white daft, daft tractor units. They're certainly not super cabs. They've got some minor adapt- adaptations, in so much as the speed limiter is, is disabled, and they've got you know three sixty-degree cameras on them. But I wouldn't exactly call them super cabs. Um, but you know, they're very useful. They provide an elevated camera platform for the police. They just help them identify what's going on around them on the network. Um, one of the uh, misconceptions about tramline that's probably worth just just clearing up a little bit is that they target other trucks. They don't. They target anybody that's demonstrating unsafe behaviours. Uh, statistically, about forty percent or so of the stops do involve other HGVs, and there's no getting around the fact that you know the elevated platform does give the police an opportunity to view across into the hgv cabs and you know we see some poor behaviors things that you you really wouldn't expect a professional driver uh, to be doing. But another 30% uh, in the vans and we can see clearly provides a good vantage point into vans and and we can see what's going in there but also the cars so the split is 40% trucks about 30% cars and 30% vans and again the the, the kind of um, offences that are identified Again, sadly, rather mundane i'm mean, still dangerous, but they're the kind of things I guess you'd expect us to be identifying, which is uh distraction, primarily use of mobile phones, not being in full control of a vehicle, people eating their lunch, etc. etc., putting makeup on. But we also find an awful lot of non-seatbelt wearing, which again baffles me to be honest, why people wouldn't wear a seatbelt. So it's a very powerful piece, but it gives us the opportunity to engage with the drivers and, and frankly most of the time a good 60 odd percent of the time it's words of advice and off you go driver learn your lesson from it and all fleet operators need to know about this is you know we we're there to help and support to be brutally honest is we have had a number of situations now where we've provided direct feedback to operators about what we've discovered with their Uh, drivers on network whether it be through operation tramline or or other activity that we're involved in by and large I have to say they, they take it very well and actually get involved in sorting the issue out across the fleet.
0: Yeah, I, I've seen quite a bit of the footage that has come out of Optramline. line. My, my favourite, I think, was a truck driver who was eating a full three-course meal, uh, like a Sunday roast dinner on his knee with a plate and a knife and fork and all sorts of stuff. Um, but the the sort of footage that you, you get of the van drivers and, and indeed car drivers, company car drivers, where it, there is a huge amount where they're, Play, fiddling around with their phone checking messages and they think because they're kind of doing it in on their lap almost that the car next to them can't see and they don't think about the, uh, the the truck next to
1: them that's filming them doing it it's ever so easy to focus on some of the comedy moments i get that you know and yeah the the the, the three course meal was was quite quite impressive from a, a kind of a food hygiene and table manners point of view not so good <laughs> from a, a road safety point of view but the reality of it is the great majority of stuff is is you know nowhere near as exciting as that but still immensely dangerous and you know the mobile phone thing amazes me but people think by putting a mobile phone on their knee nobody's going to notice the fact that their head's nodding up and down while they're trying to answer text messages and all it's just such a dangerous thing to be doing.
0: Yeah Um, I wanted to cover a couple of projects that you and I've been working on specifically to target a couple of challenges that um a lot of van fleet managers have and one of them um was around driver well-being for instance so we we worked on a project last year which uh we launched in november with calm the the mental health charity uh so anti-suicide charity campaign against living miserably um what that was geared at trying to provide some level of support for van drivers, which are quite often find themselves effectively being a lone worker, don't they? Why why is mental health
1: such a big challenge within the van driving community? The the whole project started with the realization that that horrible statistic that I think most of us are, are aware of now that suicide's the biggest killer of men under the age of 45 was such a close match with the demographic of van drivers and to a slightly lesser extent truck drivers you know feedback from operators tells us that you know a good 99 of their drivers are male and in the van space a good 75 of those are male so there's such a tight fit with that demographic but when we started exploring this with the guys at car I i have to say i've been absolutely brilliant with this is there were all kinds of other issues flowing in there as well you know by and large they were lone workers they were working in pressurized industries with uh time constraints they were dealing with the pressures of the road and and all the rest of it they may be you know in the the kind of socio-economic classes that are maybe a little bit more prone to these kind of issues and indeed we we stumbled across during that process uh, a report from onsa the, the national office of statistics which You know, confirm to us that commercial vehicle drivers, man drivers in particular, are some 20% more likely to take their life than, you know, their equivalent non-commercial vehicle drivers. And all we're trying to do with the Calm Driver piece is just start the conversation. Um, Our Calm Driver initiative is just about trying to provide some resources for operators to to provide a couple of stickers, a little leaflet, a web page that the guys can go and look at um signposting the crisis lines that calm and indeed other mental health charities have available to us just trying to start the conversation in a in a demographic where you know there clearly are um concerns to be to be addressed
0: and those calm driver packs are free to access we've produced tens of thousands of them now haven't we which we're sharing out so um they're free to access you can register for those on the driving for better business website and i'll put details of those in the show notes as well so people can go and, and download those um, the other resource that we've been working on and almost due for uh launch now we're just finalizing it is the van driver toolkit so what, what was the thinking behind that mark
1: okay just to put people's minds at rest it's not a bag of spanners that we're trying to provide out to van drivers but it, it's really trying to address something we talked about a little bit earlier in the uh, in the podcast which is in the in the truck world you know what the operators know what's expected of them the drivers know what's expected of them in the van world maybe not quite so much to be truthful um it's trying to take away that sorry i didn't know excuse for poor behaviors i guess is probably one of the major drivers to excuse the pun behind it so the van driver toolkit consists of 35 topics i think the best way of thinking of them is of a a double-sided piece of a5 although you know clearly these things will be available digitally for for drivers and operators to access as well but each of those 35 topics uh, we've tried to come up with something that's Pretty punchy, pretty direct, pretty easy for drivers and and operators to interpret. And fundamentally for each of the issues is this is why it's important. This is what happens if you get it wrong. This is what happens if you get it right. And this is what we're expecting you to do. And the topics are exactly what you'd expect them to be. You know, it's uh, talking about fatigue. It's talking about distraction. It's talking about changing weather conditions, overloading, speed limits on vehicles, uh, etc, etc. And the trick with them, as far as I can see, is to make them easily uh, digestible, which I hope that they are, and also to make sure that they're easily and freely available. And again, you know, we're going to put these out into the the various van operating industries, they're all FOC, they're all there for people to use, whether it's via linking to to our website, whether it's embedding them in their various intranets and their, their various driver apps and all the rest of it. It's just there to provide support to the industry and try uh, to become a, if you like, a trusted voice within the van operating industries, you know we haven't got an axe to grind from an enforcement point of view. We just want to make life safer on our on our network.
0: Yeah, and I think the both of those car and driver and the van driver toolkit really excellent resources that um, I'm proud to be part of those. And uh, I think that most fleet operators will find those incredibly useful. So we'll put links to both of those in the show notes. The last. Yeah, and I think...
1: Something that's probably worth, sorry, Simon. Something that's probably worth mentioning that is both of those initiatives have been designed with input from the industry. You know, we haven't locked ourselves away in the the highways England padded cell to, to come up with like these ideas. We've been talking to operators right the way through the development and taking a lot of their views and thoughts on it. And if you take the van driver toolkit in particular, you know, some of the businesses that we've had trialing them and providing support really like these you know they're, they're gagging at the bit for us to release them so you know for the listeners please take that as an endorsement and a, a recommendation to why, why why it's probably worth you having a look at these yeah absolutely they're uh, they're really well written um the last thing i want
0: to talk to you about mark is um project that you were working on last year with um research and euro ncap which is the van safety ratings so over the i guess over the last sort of five years really it's become pretty common now for most passenger cars and company cars to have quite a high level of driver assistance technology and specifically um, emergency braking systems that if you want a five-star Euro NCAP car now it has to be fitted with that kind of technology but vans have traditionally uh, lagged quite a way behind that and there aren't certainly until recently hardly any vans at all had this technology on but this new Euro NCAP van safety rating is meant to help fleet operators identify some of the safer vans that have got sort of collision avoidance technology on it can you could you tell us a little about a little bit about that project and what you're hoping to achieve with that
1: yeah it's been really interesting project to be honest and it's, it's ongoing but it's really trying to learn from the experiences uh, within the car sectors uh, with that increased safety equipment i mean you, you've alluded to it now simon it's, it's actually pretty difficult now to buy a car that hasn't got know a whole world of safety systems built into it regardless of the the, you know the size and the cost and the standard of the car now so you know the the kind of inbuilt safety equipment from airbags through to uh, emergency braking through to lane departures is just almost taken for granted in the car space now but it's really apparent when you compare that across to the van fleets is an awful lot of that equipment is either not available or if it is available it's actually really difficult to source in a particular model with uh, you know particular kind of configurations and all the rest of it and I guess the 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 catalyst for the um, the arms race almost that's developed in the car space was the introduction of the cap ratings on cars all those years ago and Laguna, Renault Laguna suddenly you know taking the lead in being the safest car in the world and that's exactly what we want to replicate in the van space. And it really is an eye opener when you start digging into it and you realise that it's virtually impossible to buy a van with anywhere near comparable safety equipment built into it as it is on, you know, even a fairly standard family saloon car. And, you know, that's an environment that the the driver and dr- anybody else involved in that particular job is going to be spending way longer in probably than they would in their own. Passenger car. Um, you know, and that even when the kit is fitted, very often it's two or three models behind what is currently being fitted to that same manufacturer's car fleet. And, you know, the the, the whole project is really designed to try and light a blue touch paper under this important topic and actually make vans uh technically and and, and engineered as safely as they're comparable compatible cars so it's got a way to go yet but it's 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 showing good good progress and is is really interesting and, and genuinely a very important um, important development
0: yeah and I know Thatcham uh, did some research with Euro NCAP a few years back now when, when sort of cars were passing this threshold and proved quite conclusively that cars with this kind of technology were involved in significantly less rear end shunts, they were significantly less likely to be hit with third party insurance claims and the business benefits of having cars with this technology on were they were really significant weren't they and so i I think kind of what we're looking for here really is fleets to realize that that same equation works with vans and to start demanding that technology from the van manufacturers don't we so that the the manufacturers will start putting the latest technology because they've already got that technology it's on the cars they just need to fit it to the vans as well and then then Really, we're really only going to get traction with this if fleet operators start demanding that from the manufacturers.
1: Yeah, and that's the other side of the equation, Simon is making it, it clear, I guess, to to, to specifiers, whether they're buying directly or via the, you know, the lease codes and all the rest of it, that this equipment ought to be on their vehicles and putting some pressure on the manufacturers to step up to the plate with it. Because as you say, it's not as though they've got to go and invent it, the kit is already there. They just need to fit it and implement it on the on the in the van space and there's a lot of stuff that operators could that manufacturers could be doing in this space i mean it's a particular bugbear of mine that vans for example aren't automatically speed limited to 70 mile an hour you know at the end of the day a van is a commercial tool what other tool could you buy that would allow you to break the law in the commercial setting you, you know you couldn't go out and buy a brake press and ask for the guards to be removed so you could go a bit faster i i, I genuinely don't understand why the vehicles aren't made and marketed and and sold as as being the commercial tool that they happen to be Um, so yeah there's there's a lot to be done there Um, it will hopefully reduce the level of incidence as you've said Simon but the other important thing it will reduce severity and make them more survivable.
0: Mark thank you very much it's been a really illuminating conversation I really appreciate you sharing your insights uh, with us today Uh, it's been fascinating thank you very much.
1: Absolute pleasure Simon. If you manage
0: drivers and their vehicles and you face similar issues to those discussed in this podcast there are links in the show notes to some useful resources on the Driving for Better Business website and these are all free to access. If you enjoyed the conversation please don't forget to hit subscribe so you know when the next episode is released and please also give us a five star review as this helps us to get up the podcast rankings and makes it more visible to others who might also find it useful. You can follow us, that's Driving for Better Business, on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn and most importantly, please help us to spread the word. All our resources are free for those who manage fleets and their employees who drive for work. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Fleet Risk and I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode. Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.